Welcome to the Baptist Pulpit. This podcast is designed to introduce to the audience Baptist preachers, both living currently in America or across the world, and also to introduce classic speakers, men of the past. There were Baptist preachers that have inspired men like myself for years to preach the Word of God. And they also, through their preaching, highlight Baptistic principles. Thank you for listening to the Baptist Pulpit. Our speaker for today is Pastor Bill Gorman. Pastor Bill Gorman is the pastor of Faith Baptist Church in Margate, Florida. That is right outside of Fort Lauderdale. And he was reached in a very interesting testimony. He was reached in the inner city of Philadelphia through street preaching. God saved him. And then he went off to Bible college and started into the ministry. He's been in the ministry for decades now. And I believe it was in 2007 he had been working with the school, Faith Baptist Academy, and with the church uh, as an assistant. And then in 2007, they called him to be the senior pastor. So he's been there in Florida for quite some time. Pray that you enjoy this message here on the Baptist pulpit today. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Let's get our Bibles. We'll go to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. <clears throat> Again, I'm so glad to be here. I just appreciate the opportunity. Dave Olson, that was great. I don't know where he went, but that was amazing. A lot of material. Just 20 minutes he did that. There. And he, uh, he told me he wasn't going to preach, but I think that was preaching there. That was good. He got fired up. Uh, so praise the Lord. Yeah, but that's good information. Uh, and hopefully, uh, by God's grace, this message will be a help uh, to prevent, to strengthen us, to prevent that kind of thing from happening. Some of the things he was talking about, to strengthen us for the battle, to help us in this battle from the Word of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what God wants to do in our lives. We're going to look at First Peter and chapter one, I just want to mention once again, Pastor Dameron, I really appreciate him. He's one of those pastors where, you know, he, uh, he makes you laugh, but he's got all the content, too. And I really appreciate that. And uh, we're becoming good, really good friends. And this church is just a, a real blessing uh, to me uh, to see what's going on here. And, and the music ministry is amazing. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe you can get used to it a little bit, but don't get used to it because it, this is good. Uh, this is, and nobody, you know, as Pastor Allison said, or I think several have said, nobody has a conference about separation, uh, but it's, it, it just shows how much it's needed. It's very much needed. And uh, I really appreciate that. And the organization here and everything's done well. I know everything's bathed in prayer and uh, people are reaching out, getting people saved, and uh, it's just wonderful to see what God is doing here. And uh, again, just just keep it up. Uh, and again, here tonight, I want to be a help. So we're going to look at the the title of this message is the Gospel Separates. The Gospel Separates. We're in First Peter chapter one. I'm going to begin reading in verse thirteen. First Peter chapter one, verse thirteen. The Bible says there, wherefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation 
Because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. All right, let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you for the word of God tonight. Thank you for this opportunity uh, to open the Holy Bible, uh, to preserve the word of God. And Lord, we thank you for this book. Uh, there's no book like the Bible. And uh, Lord, it, it'll do a supernatural work in our hearts uh, if we'll just open our hearts. And Lord, may your spirit have free course to work in our in our minds, our hearts tonight. Conform us more into the image of Jesus Christ, our Savior, Lord. And we look forward for, uh, to what you're going to do. Help the preacher. May you be glorified in every single way. Now, I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. The gospel separates. Uh, by way of introduction, I'd like you to look back at cha- in chapter 1 there, verse 11. Verse 11, the Bible, and, and it really, verse 10 as well, uh, talking about the prophets inquiring. Look at verse 11, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify. I want you to understand, uh, every, it's always been through Jesus. Jesus is the, is the center of this book, the Bible, Old Testament too. Uh, these are talking about the prophets. But Jesus was working back there in the Old Testament. There's only ever been one way to be saved. By grace, through faith. You know, there's just a hyper-dispensationalist and all that kind of, And it's confusing. And uh, they, they have multiple ways of being saved in different, you know, hyper You know, I'm a dispensationalist, but some of this stuff's a little wacky. And, you know, you get saved by works in the Old Testament and tribulations. by no. It's by grace, through faith, Jesus Christ is a lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. He worked in the Old Testament as well. And, and, the, and the spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Isaiah 53 is the gospel and the salvation that comes through the finished work uh, there on the cross of the Savior, the suffering Savior, which we know is Jesus Christ. The glory that should follow is resurrection, uh, the millennial kingdom, we, and the second coming. We know all about that. And so he's emphasizing, he's pointing to these last days and a special work that God was going to do, is going to do in these last days. Look at verse 12. Unto whom it was revealed... That not uh, unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that ha- have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. The prophets, well, they didn't understand it all. They were saved by grace through faith. They wrote about the Savior. You see, actually, we have all 66 books of the Bible. We The canon is closed. Uh, we have the word of God and to whom much is given, much shall be required. And God has given all his, uh, his revelation to us here in the last days. And he's working now through churches. The Holy Ghost sent down from heaven from the day of Pentecost on, and even before that, church was, was put together. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Then on the day of Pentecost, he empowered that work in a special way. And God's work for the last days, God's work for today is churches, local churches. The Holy Spirit is working in local churches. And notice the message that was given to us. In verse 12, he's talking about the apostles. They laid the groundwork uh, for the churches. And the gospel is the message that he's talking about there. When you got saved, there's no, only one way you got saved. Uh, the, the gospel is the power of God and the salvation. There's only one way to be saved. That's through hearing the gospel. You got to hear the gospel. If you had some kind of vision, something like that, and you saw, you know, you talk to people, I saw Jesus on the hood of my car, you know, and I, I was in a rainstorm, and, you know, that's not, that's not how you get saved. 
by the gospel. You know, uh, that Christ died for our sins. You got to know you're a sinner to get saved. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. It's always been. That's the way it's always been. That's what the scriptures have always pointed to. And, uh, and, you know, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he's buried, that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That, that's the gospel in a nutshell. That's that great good news message that's given to you and to me. And we're supposed to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. How's that going? So, well, you send a missionary. Well, how about you? You know, you're getting, getting that gospel. It's the most powerful message this world has ever seen. And this work is going on in, in God's, uh, the body of Christ, local church. God has raised up that work in the last days. And what happens is when you receive the gospel and you get saved, you know, you don't get like part saved. You know, you're, you're, you're declared righteous, you're justified. You get the full package because you didn't do the work. Jesus did all the work. Jesus did all the work. Jesus died on the cross for sin. He was buried. He rose again. Jesus took your sin. He was made to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be the righteousness of God. It's a gift that we might be the righteousness of God in him. You know, there's, that's, a, that, that's, that's grace. That's him doing doing everything. And you got saved. It's not a light thing. If any man being Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things become new. I mean, I believe, and I know it to be true, and I've seen it multiple times. Uh, you know, I, I, programs are wonderful. But what really can't, I mean, God can take an alcoholic, a drunk, and save their soul. And save them from the guttermost to the uttermost. Change their life. I mean, that, that guy can become a preacher. That guy could become an evangelist. That guy can become a good daddy. You know? And I'm not going to use the word pervert, per, pervert because uh, Dave Olson said don't do that. So, but a guy can be, a, you know, caught up in all that rotten stuff we were talking about. But Jesus Christ tasted death for every man. And they can get saved. Whosoever will. You can't give the gospel to the wrong person. I always wonder about these people. You knock on their door. What are you doing to my door? Uh, you know, you know for sure you're going to heaven? Of course I do. Go away. What are you talking? Go to that guy over there. You know, if they're really saying, nobody's ever knocked on my door. Except the JW. But, you know, no, they, no, I live uh, about, about a quarter of a mile from one of the biggest churches, that's, supposed, that's what they say, in the country. And nobody's ever knocked on my door. Nobody's ever come. I mean, they had, I think they had some kids selling cookies or something, but. That's about it, you know. They don't give out any tracks. You know, it, it's music and feel good and motivational speaking. That's not the gospel work. That's not it. The world wants to see the real thing. And what, once you get saved, I mean, you know, like Moses, you know, he now he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. So he, he chose rather to, to go with, and get involved with God's people, as we saw Sunday night. Because he knew there was a recompense of reward. He knew, uh, you know, the only way to please God is by faith. And, he, and so he got saved and he trusted God and he obeyed God. And he was able to do a work for God, even though he was the meekest man on all the earth. Moses was no... You know, on his own, no big shot. You know, God used him and, and humbled Moses and used him because he, he saw him that was invisible. And, you know, people got to say, uh, do you, you know about God, right? You know, I'm, I had a, my niece up in, uh, in Philadelphia. Uh, my, my sister was on heroin when, when, when she had a baby. And the baby was born on heroin. 
And so my mom, my mom had raised uh, my niece, and, and I was there at the time, and I, I was a new Christian, but I tried to help out and all that kind of thing, and she went through withdrawal and all that kind of stuff, and uh, and she got older, and you know, I you know, brought her to church, a little bit, a little girl, she's a little girl, brought her to church and and everything, and uh, she always, she was she's still kind of young, and she, one time she brings her friend in the house, and you know, I, and then I, I had I had not been living there at that time, but I, I was visiting, and I and I, I don't always do this, but I was sitting there on a chair, and I had a Bible. I was reading my Bible, and she comes in in Philly, in Philadelphia, inner city. She comes in with her little friend, and she said, uh, "Oh, this is my house, and this is my toys, and this <laughs> this is you know our, our house." And then she said, "Oh, and that's my uncle Billy." She said, "He knows God." And like, whoa. Uh, then I thought about it. Yeah. You know, we're supposed to know God. We're not just about God. You're supposed to know God. Not just, the, you know, Abraham, when he take your only son, take him up, sacrifice. You know, Abraham knew God. You know, he would work it out. He didn't understand it all. None of us do, but there's something that when you get saved, you know, you're different. It's called separation. You're different. You don't talk the same. And I, like, I, I, I didn't have to practice. I've always been afraid. I didn't have to practice this, but I always had this fear when I first got saved. Not anymore, but when I first got saved, I mean, because I used to curse. You know, and some of you know, you know, then I go out and I'm, I'm street preaching. I just got saved. I'm like, oh, what if I get real excited and it slips out? <laughs> yeah, that would be bad. <laughs> then even worse, when you start preaching in church, you pass, hey, you want to preach Wednesday night? You know, preach a boy. And I'm like, okay. You know, Lord, <laughs> you're praying. But then I worked in a prison. You know, all these stories are true. <laughs> he, th- this, you know, somebody, they say, how did you do this? And this, I, I'm 62. I don't know. Maybe it all got jammed in there. I'm the junior preacher. Man, Brother Burke there. We're the, we're the junior. It's pretty good when you're 62 and you're the junior preacher. That's good. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, and uh, yeah, uh, when I worked at the prison, that was... Maximum security prison, but, I mean, foul language, not just by the inmates. I mean, they, they had curse words that they, just, they made up and stuff. They just can't go beyond. And then, but the correctional officers, it's just as bad. And, and, the, and the staff, and I remember when I was in the, in the academy, they said, uh, you know, I already had a reputation among the other students, but uh, the, the, one of the captains was teaching a class, and he says, does anybody object to foul language? And I raised my hand. <laughs> I object to, I'm a Christian. And so he just blurted out all this foul language, and he tried to embarrass me, and like, yeah, I don't, I still object to it. <laughs> it's not going to change anything. But I tell you what, God took that away from me. You know, and God, God can do that. And, and actually, he tells us how to do it right here. Look what it says in verse 13. You see, when the gospel works in your life, it changes you. And the only reason that it wouldn't is because you won't let it. It will. You know, don't be afraid of predestination. You know, real Baptist. You're predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. Don't be afraid of that. That's sanctification, you know. That means you ought to be growing. Every day, more like Jesus. How's that going? You don't go backwards. Okay, you know, we all come short. But we press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. Not attain, neither were ever, ever uh, already perfect, but I follow after. If that, if that I may apprehend, that which also I am apprehended of for Christ Jesus. 
Yeah, he, you know, he saved you. He wants to use you. He wants to change you. He doesn't he won't live your own little selfish life. Now, you belong to God. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. In your, you know, if you couldn't do it, he wouldn't tell you that. Glorify God in your body. Do you know you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit, Brother Ellison said that? You're indwelt by God. I don't, what are you doing in that bar? You know, what are you do, what's those eyeballs looking at? You're indwelt. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Boy, if we can get a hold of that, that that'll sanctify you right there. Wow. We just say, yeah, oh yeah, my body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. No big deal. Everybody, it's a big deal. And so the Bible says, since all that you got saved and you're part of this program, the Holy Spirit, intense work of the Holy Spirit. You read John 14, 15, 16, 17. I mean, Jesus is talking about, I'm going to go away. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I'm going to go away, and but there's this great thing's going to happen. I'm going to say, you know, you're going to sorrow, but but it'll be all right. I'm going to send the comforter. I will not leave you alone. We will come to you. That's what he said. What is he talking about? He's talking about now. He was talking, I'm going to go away. I'm going to come back. But in that time, you know, he tells us the Holy Spirit is going to convince the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And then in chapter 17, he prays for that work. He prays for believers, and he says, not, not, Lord, don't, not that you should take them out of the world, but keep them from the evil thereof. He's talking about today. Jesus knew all about churches. He walked, as we saw this, uh, he walked among the candlesticks. He's very interested in our, uh, what churches are doing. I mean, after all, it's called the body of Christ. And, uh, you know, he's very interested, and he's working amongst the candlesticks, the churches. This is, a, this is amazing. <laughs> I mean, teenager, there's no, there's no movie can beat the Bible. There's no, like, you know, movie star. Wow, what? Who cares about those movie stars? No, get your heroes from the Bible. Look up to men of God. Women of God, look at these people and learn from them. Don't learn from the Hollywood. They're all messed up. You know, and they don't know the truth. They're lost. They need the truth. Get some of those people saved. And, you know, that, what a difference that'll make. And so the Bible tells us, for, when you get saved and you're in this, and you're in this program, God changes your life. You know, I don't care if you got saved when you were six. God's doing an amazing work in your life. This time is not just this floating. No, I can't wait to get to heaven. Me too, but I'm here for a reason. I'm going to give it all my heart. You know, when I get to heaven, I, I, you know, understand it all. I understand it all now. But, man, God's got me here. He saved my soul for a reason. I, I want to do something. I want to fulfill that reason. I want to apprehend what I've been apprehended for. I don't want to let him do it. Because I'm not smart enough. And I'm not good looking enough, surprisingly. And I'm, I'm not, you know, I can't figure it out. But he's doing something. And I don't want to mess it up. I'm so happy, my friend. I am happy. I had seven kids. Man, we had fun. Didn't have any money. We had fun. <laughs> Man, when we had ice cream, it's a big deal. You know, and pizza. Whoa. My kids love pizza, but it wasn't a common thing. <laughs> you know? And when they got soda, it wasn't from us. We could, what do you call it here? Pop? Well, I don't know. The real thing soda. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> That was a big, we, and I tell you, to be a Christian, it's the best thing in the world. Amen. Take the world, give me Jesus. I mean, I'm so glad I got I never got over it. I'm so glad I got saved. You got any problems, Pastor? Yeah. 
And I first became pastor, Faith Baptist Church, a couple months. I drove, a hurricane came. <laughs> the building was <laughs> all mess. Uh, broken apart, the roof was gone. All over the neighborhood. I drove up, took me a couple days, I couldn't get there. The streets were all messed up. And then I drive up and I stood in front of the church and I, well, nobody was around. I started crying. You know, I try to be tough, but I just kneeled down there, Lord. I don't even know what to do right now. What do I do? What are we going to do Sunday? Where's everybody going to go? Are they going to come here? Is it done? Is it over? What do I do? And God, you know what I did? I prayed for quite a while. And then I started picking up all the debris. You know, just a little bit of time. And all these people started showing up, picking up debris, made big giant piles. Just took it a step at a time. And God did it. God fixed it. Got a tent, couldn't get in. But God did Hey, you don't give up. You just get stronger. You keep trusting God. You say, you know, if you keep your eye, every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. God is good. He's going to help you. But listen, you know, he wants you to put some effort in here. Start picking things up. Get things ready. Look what he says in verse 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. All this stuff Dave Olson said, wow, that, man, that's sad. So what about you? What about your kids? What about your ministry? What are you going to do? I dabble a little bit. Don't dabble a little bit. None, zero, nothing. Get away from it. It's called separation. What do you do? Wherefore, because of all this, what he just said, I mean, it's so important that the angels wanted to look into it. They look into it. The prophets, you know, asking, inquired when. Oh, this is good. And we're like, ha, I'm used to it. But this is it. This churches, the work of churches, the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, working in an intense form in the last days. He was here before that. He'll be here after the rapture. Oh, by the way, the rapture is before the tribulation. I give you all, I'll hit all that some other time. <laughs> but I know you get it right here. But it's being questioned. Preach it, preach it, preach it. But God wants to do something. But you got to do. You have a responsibility. And and as everybody I think has said, we never dealt with it like this. Never. A little screen and jumps on there. You know, a little phone, and it, and the kids got it. The kids have it. Sad. And every pastor has probably dealt with this stuff. The kids don't know what to do. They're hiding. They don't, they're guilty. They feel guilty. And, and you better know it's there. Well, what about if you start dabbling? You can't help anybody. Unless you get it right. So, here's what we do. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. The loins of your mind. When men went to work, they would tie up their robe and, and gird it up, stick it in their belt there and and so they could run, they could battle, they could work, they could do what they needed to do. And if they tried to do those things with the rollback, they would trip, they would fall, they, they wouldn't be able to do what they were supposed to do. The Bible says do that with your mind. Don't let your mind just flap in the breeze and just go with the flow and whatever's there. And you know you shouldn't be looking at it, turn it off. Computer, whatever it is, get away from it. Just don't, don't allow. It's because the Bible says, gird up the loins of your mind. You see, the gospel is so powerful, it affects your thinking. You don't think the same. 
You don't think the same as the world does. They're unregenerate. They're spiritually dead. Okay? So they, you should just expect it. I'm going to think different. You know, I'm going to think what God wants me to do. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does God want me to do? That's, that's what I want to think about. And so you've got, a, you've got a responsibility. And more so today than ever to say, you know, this, this is, I'm not going to have this in my life. I'm going to get away. I don't, you know, I don't know. You, some of you probably know better than I. How do you block all that stuff? I don't, I remember when I, they first got me, you know, a computer and a, a little, on the side, a little girl dancing. And then, oh, what, what's that? I don't want to see, I don't want a computer. Pastor, you got to have a computer. Okay. Well, get the little girl dancing. It was, it's called a pop-up. Well, get the pop-up. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. So I get this block and that block. Okay, I'll use it. You know, I'll use it. And maybe we can use it for get the word of God out. And that's good. And that, Hey, but you better gird up the loins of your mind. We, and, and as Dave Olson said, every man is tempted. Every single one of us, women, all of us, we're tempted by those things. And so you have a responsibility. You say, God will give you the power. God will help you. But you got to take the responsibility. And everybody, young people, struggling with... A guy came to me and said, Pastor, in the middle of this service, I'm thinking of... You know, gird up the loins of your mind. We'll go, okay, let's pray. Let's get in the Bible, memorize scripture. God will help you. Somebody will say, it, it, no, it's impossible. That's not true. God will help your thinking. Because the Bible says, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is all headed to, you're going to stand before the Lord. That's, and you, you know, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, you answer to him. So he, if you just keep looking to him, he is going to help you. If you call upon him, he'll answer you. Yes, he will. Even with things nobody else knows about. And things in your brain and in your mind... It's where a lot of the battle is today. Wherefore, gird up, be sober. You know, don't don't fall into the traps of today of you know letting loose and, and, and you know and, uh, your guard, letting down your guard. Be sober. Know how to handle things. You know, somebody needs your help someday. Dealing with somebody sick, somebody maybe dying. You know, they they want you to be able to. You know, pastor, what do, what do we do now? What do we say? Or, or Christian, you, a member of the family. You know, even though they made fun of you, and even though they, you know, I've seen this happen multiple times, happen in my family, even though they mocked you and thought it was, you know, ridiculous, you're a Christian now, and you don't do the things they do. Now, when they're in trouble, they call you up. Hey, Billy, can you pray, pray for me? Oh, yeah, I know, but you got to get saved. Yeah, but, I, you know, just pray for me. I'm in trouble. All right. Because you have a soberness about you. You know, there's a seriousness, controlled uh, character you have. You know, you enjoy life more than anybody because you have the Lord. But you see the serious side as well. Be sober and hope to the expectation Notice what it says here. A hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought upon you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The Bible says hope to the end. So, I mean, it just gets better and better. It gets good. It, it's not, don't worry. God is there for you. He knows when a sparrow falls, and you're more important than many sparrows. He knows the amount of hair, and he promised. He knows the amount of hairs on your head. He promised. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. You're very important to the Lord. I know you don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. But I, I am glad. I am very glad that his ear is open to my cry. And I'm going to hope to the end. Maybe a little hard here. 
There's struggles. All that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But God calls you out as different. God separates you. You have something that, and somebody ought to say to you someday, you know, what is it about you? What is it about you? You know, when, when, when the, you know, the towers were hit, people were crying, is this the end of the world? You know, what's going on? But they ought to see something in you. They're all biting their nails, but you're trusting in the Lord. You know, God's in control. I'm just going to keep looking to the Lord. I'll trust him. My family, my kids are sick. I went for many years without insurance. And I worked a job uh, where I didn't have insurance. You know, because I, I went to Bible college, went to seminary. I didn't finish seminary because they turned against the King James Bible, so I dropped out of there <laughs> and, and things like that. But, I mean, I had to move around. I had to get a new job, start over. and so, and so you know. And, but there was times we didn't have insurance, and, and, and we had kids, but we had the Lord. And believe me, I, was, I, did, I worked extra. I worked overtime. It wasn't one of these kind of things. Well, okay, you know, uh, I just uh, trust the Lord, but I don't really do anything about it. No. You know, I just, you trust the Lord, but you work really hard. And then you see God supply. You see God take care of you. You see, but you know what? That's because you got saved. Always. My kids knew Sunday, we're going to church. You know, we're probably not going to put as much in the offering as somebody else, but we're going to, we're going to you know, you tithe, teach your kids that right from the get-go. It shows them that they're going to think about God first all the time. Tithe, but be at church, not forsaking the assembling of yourself. And, and you're an, under an umbrella of protection because the gates of hell shall not prevail against church. We're going to go out and rescue people. We're going to get them saved. You bring your kids into that. And you, you know, I, I like when kids, I like to see children here tonight. I like when children sit next to mommy and daddy. Teenagers sitting next to pop. You know, I, that's great. You know, and they're not, they're not embarrassed to daddy. And, and the best because dad is close to them. I can, I see it happening. I see that's what you, you want to do. And that's what you're doing. Get, keep it up. Because God rewards that. That's what Moses saw when, when he turned against Egypt. There was a recompense of reward. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And you've got to know, God's going to reward those efforts. Your labor's not in vain in the Lord. You're different. You're separated because you stepped out. And, and, and God's doing this work in your life. That means your family's different. We talked about that Sunday night. That means the way you approach your marriage is different. Everything. Everything. But you've got, you've got a responsibility to work. So wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end of the, for the grace that will be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Can you I mean, the rapture. You're going to see him. Now, revelation of Jesus Christ would usually mean, you know, the second coming. But in this case, talking to the Christians, I believe he's talking about that time where, you know, we're going to be taken and we'll see him when we see him. We'll be like him. We'll see him as he, so shall we ever be with the Lord. What a wonderful thing that, that is. I remember in the 70s when I got saved. I got saved in 1974. I believe there was revival. I do. I look back on it. At least in my area where I was, there was a lot of, as Pastor Dammer mentioned, street preaching. There was soul winning. There was giving out tracts all over the place. And, you know, and I, I used to ride the bus, three different buses to get to my high school. It was on the other side of the city. And on that bus, I would always find those little comic book tracks. Yeah, I, I don't look at comic books. You know, I'll pick it up when my friends aren't around. I'll read it. <laughs> I was embarrassed if they were around. And I saw the, the gospel. And uh, there was a man that came to our street corner one day. This is before Jack Rayside talked to me uh, on, on Wyoming Avenue. But it was a black man, a white neighborhood. I mean, pretty rough white neighborhood. And see, I'm not afraid to talk about that stuff. I talk about it all. Our church is half black. <laughs> So I, I, I don't have any problem with it. But anyway, this, this man comes in, and he's, got, he's sharp, you know, dressed sharp. He had a little briefcase. He opens it up, gave out Gospels of John, stood there. That was about 30 young men. 
you know, standing there, half of them are high and all that. But he started just giving us the gospel, just preaching. You know, and some guys, you know, mocked him. One guy went over and pushed him. You know, he didn't get in a fight. He just kept giving the gospel. He kept preaching. And he gave me, he walked up, he gave me a gospel of John. And I just kind of said, this guy is real. And I put it in my pocket. Everybody else threw him on the ground. Not everybody. I don't know what they all did. But it wasn't too long after that that a man I knew that had hitchhiked out, and I told you about that, that hitchhiked out to California. When he, he got saved out there, he came back. He was soul winning. He was witnessing everywhere he went. He went and he stopped me on the street. He gave me the gospel. And the gospel is the power of God and the salvation, and I couldn't get away from it. And a couple of weeks later, like after some events happened in my life, uh, I knelt down beside my bed, my bed, and I asked the Lord Jesus Christ to save my soul, come into my heart, be my Savior, forgive me of my sins, and I got saved. And he changed my life. And now I have a responsibility to honor him. I mean, he saved me. So I'm not going to be the way I used to be. I'm not going to let that stay in my... I'm going to show the world Jesus is alive and he's real. I'm going to let him work a work in my life that I can't do myself. But I have the responsibility to gird up the loins of my mind. Be sober and hope to the end. No matter what happens to me in this world. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I do push-ups and I do stuff like that. But that's not going to stop death. I mean... And that's not going to maybe stop a disease. Or that may not going to stop some kind of thing. You know, but I'll just keep looking to Jesus no matter what happens. And I'm going to hope to the end. And keep trusting him. Because he's always going to be there. He's always going to be there for you and for me. So the Bible says, gird up the loins of your mind. Turn to Philippians chapter 4 real quickly. Philippians chapter 4. And I don't have the time, but there's a whole formula here for emotional uh, and uh, spiritual well-being here in Philippians chapter 4. I'm not going to go through all that. Uh, You know, verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Verse 5, let your moderation be known unto all men. Verse 6, be careful for nothing. So, you know, this formula, if if we'll just do it, God will help us to have healthy thinking, healthy mind, healthy spiritually in many ways. Look, he says in verse 7, and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So the Bible says. What's that do to you? It separates you. You're different. So if young people, all of us, if what you're looking at and thinking about doesn't fit in this category, don't look at it, don't think about it. Wholesome things, pure things, good things, that's from God. And it's always good. It's always good. Real marriage, it's good the right way. You stay pure. You know, we got to teach our girls that. You stay pure. Then you get married, you're still pure. Because you do it the right way, you do it God's way. A young man, you treat a girl right. You stay pure. Doesn't matter what the world's doing, doesn't matter what the TV says... You do what God says. Gird up the loins of your mind. Think pure things. Look at verse 9. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. That's separation. You got get away from the, the, the ugly things. You go to the good thing. That's good replacement theology, by the way. There's a bad replacement theology. We, we're not Israel. You know... Just so you know, preacher boys, you know. Anyway, uh, you get away from that junk, but no matter, and you replace it with all the good things of God. And let me tell you, they're good. There's nothing better. You know, I'm a, I don't don't be like new Christians. <laughs> I I think they're a lot like the world. They don't like to hear a baby cry. 
You know, a baby is from God, fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, I know you're against abortion, but children are good. They're, they're from God. It's a gift from God. You know, you gotta, you got to use faith for more than your finances. You know, faith it covers everything. Everything you do. You walk by faith and not by sight. The just shall live by faith. Shall live by faith. Not in just some categories. And so when it comes time to think about it, think about it in a pure way. To the pure, all things are pure. The things from God, that's the pure stuff. That's the way we got to do it. Man, and when you get married, you say this, this is, you know, till death do we part. And I'm not, you know, from now on, I got blinders. I made a covenant with my eyes. Not to look upon a maid, because I got a wife. And she, I got eyes for one woman. You know, I got daughters and think, but as far no, my wife. What, one woman. Hey, that's it. You, you get that into your mind. Gird up the loins of your mind. You don't play games with other women. And women don't play games with other men. It happens in churches. If you got a job, ladies, yeah, those guys, they're, you know, it doesn't matter what you look like. You better be careful. If your wife's out in an office somewhere, you better have been down on your knees and praying for her because she's among the wolves. And they don't, they don't care about your marriage. They don't care about your children. They don't care about your purity or your Bible. So you take every precaution. I mean, if I, ladies, you ought to have a big Bible like sitting there on you if you're allowed to, and pictures of your kids and big fat picture of your husband. Yeah, especially when he was in, his, you know, in shape. Making a, keep, and show the boss. And show that other guy who keeps looking at you. Get away from me. I'm here for work. Just to make money. You know, and that's just for now. Hey, by the way, man, you ought to be a man in your home. You ought to, you ought to take the responsibility. The main breadwinner should be the guy. He's the head of the home. I didn't put that in there. Jesus said, the Bible says, Ephesians 5. He's a, as Christ is the head of the church, it's spiritual you, I, uh, you know what people have given me the most trouble in our church? The ladies that wear the pants in the home. You know, they literally in both ways. You know, the man, man wears them, but they share the pants. I don't know. But, and the little lady says to her, her husband's this big, and she's this big. You go tell that preacher. <laughs> We're going to go to that other independent Baptist church if he don't stop that. Yes, dear. I'll go tell him right now. This lady came to me one time. I mean, my husband wants me to tell you. We're going to another church. We're going to go to No Standards Baptist Church. We're going to go to that other church, you know, Pants Church, the Pants Church. We're going to go to that one. Yeah, they're a boy, and you can't win because the husband's a little puppet, even though he's 6'5". And... What are you doing, buddy? Be the head of your home. You know, and, but my wife won't come around. You know what they're teaching now? I heard it. Yeah, they say, I, and he's independent. Well, I don't say anything about it. Independent Baptist? Oh, if your wife won't submit, then you submit. Because you can't cause problems in the home. Oh, what? You ever hear a prayer, read your Bible, get some counsel from the pastor, get right with God? You ever hear that? What are these guys doing? That was the pastor that said that. You don't have any verses, 
It's, it's a, oh, yes, dear. Oh, yes, dear. I'll go tell the pastor. You know, be the head of your home. It, it, that'll make you different. Because if you learned something else, you didn't learn it from the Bible. You learned it from TV or Wishwash Baptist Church. That's where you learned it from. And let me tell you, the independent Baptist, uh, you better do something. I know everybody thinks, oh, that Pastor Gorman, he's just super separated. No, that's super nothing. You know, if it's not good, it's not good. And where is it going to lead? You bring in that slowed down contemporary music, and they're doing it. That's how I got to learn about Fairhaven. You know, Fairhaven's got that separation thing. They're still working on They're not going to let it go. That's good. And I want to line up with that. And I, that guy's a good preacher. And they got a giant school and a giant church. But they got to slow down contemporary and they still call church the way it used to be. What are you talking about? That's not church the way it used to be. You, you know, I, and, and they, I told them, you know that song you got on your website? Well, you know, the, and I used a nice word. A homosexual wrote that. I just used a nice word. I, I want, no, I want, the bad word is sodomite. Just so you, you know. But anyway, it's really a good word. It's in the Bible. But that's what I meant. <laughs> and he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, he, you know, he came out of the closet, but he wrote that song. You know, he said, I was, and you're using it in your church. You know what? I don't use, uh-oh, uh-oh, where's he at? They might get mad. But I, it happens everywhere I go. Uh, we don't sing, Mary, did you know? What's wrong with that? Every, that's the greatest song. Woo. I mean, I get tingles. We don't use it. You know why? I heard the guy that wrote it. I heard him blast independent Baptists. Blast the fundamentalists. Mock them and laugh at them, make jokes about them. Yeah, you got to have your King James Bible. Hey, right, yeah, soul winning. I mean, he did it all. I'm not going to use that guy. I wouldn't use it anyway. He's a charismatic. I'm not going Hey, I don't use any music written by charismatics. How do you do that? Easy. You know, I'm going to check that song out. Oh, it's written by a charismatic throwing trash. <laughs> or a new evangelical. What do you use? I, we got a hymn book. If it comes down to that, it's all right. It doesn't bother me. I'm not against new stuff. I mean, you guys got good music. <laughs> That's where I'm at right now. Get it from Fairhaven. I don't know. Nobody else is doing You know, hey, some of you preachers. I might get mad about this one. Some of you preachers. You better make a decision about this Southern Gospel stuff. They're dancing on the stage. And the same guy, oh, well, we slow it down. There's a whole group. You say, what? A big, giant group of fundamental. What do they have in common? It was King James. Well, not really. Southern gospel music. And it just took over. And it's not, oh, it's always been there. That's not the same thing. It's not the same thing that the old church. I used to go to Tabernacle Baptist Church in South Carolina, and they had quartet music. It was good, you know. They had the southern twang, but that's the way they talked. That's the way. They're from the mountains. But they didn't have to, like, dancing around and all that. And, you know, and, and who's writing this stuff? And, you know, people that believe you can lose your salvation? There's a theology in there. There's a teaching in there. And it's not just a feeling thing. Gird up the loins of your mind. You know, God wants you to, God wants you to take the responsibility... Look at verse 14, and I'll be done. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to your former lust of your ignorance, but as he which is called you is holy. Let me tell you, I don't know about theology too much. I mean, I study it. You know what theology is? It's the Bible. 
If you don't get it from the Bible, I don't care what Martin Luther said. You didn't get it from the Bible. I don't care what John Calvin said. You get it from the Bible. Well, this thing called holiness. I mean, you study the attributes of God. There's nothing God does outside of holiness. God's love is holy. I always picture it like the sun. Holiness is there. You know, when you're a little kid, and I still do it. You draw the sun. My son's an art. Two of them are artists, but I still draw stick figures. But draw the sun, and you get all these little beams coming out. They're all the attributes of God. But that is holiness. Holiness. I know some people say, oh, he doesn't have a central uh, attribute. Well, everything's holy about God. Everything is holy about God. And you can't come before God without Jesus Christ. There's one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. The only way you go to God, and you're in Christ, so you can go boldly unto his throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The Bible says, do not do this. Here's your responsibility. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust of your ignorance. When God's not involved, that's not what, you don't want to get into that. That's the former wrong desires. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Wrong desires of your ignorance. You now have the right. You got the Bible. The Bible is going to show you the right thing for the kids, for your marriage, for everything, the church. That's what Baptists are, man. Independent Baptists, Bible, 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 Bible. Oh, you Baptists, you're always quoting the Bible. Well, what are you quoting? What are you quoting? How do you want to quote the Quran? Quran couldn't save anybody. You know, Muhammad's he can't what? Can't save anybody. We got to get him saved though. Don't be afraid of Jewish people. Don't be afraid of them. The gospel's the power of God and the salvation. We've had we got a mosque. They know who I am. We got a mosque. They came. To, they tried to claim our building. They put down a little rug. In a they were doing something. I don't know. And I thought you were supposed to face the other way. But anyway, <laughs> I sent some of our young men out. Be off with you. <laughs> they, and they got up and ran away. I said, did you give them a track? No. Next time, you better give them a track. <laughs> so, I stood outside the mosque one day, and a bunch of them were... He said, oh, it's a moderate mosque. Why are they dressed like that then? They got their big black things and a guy got a turban and big robes. I don't think it's moderate. So I stood out there and was giving out tracks. Hey, they were taking them. Sorry with me. No, taking the tracks. They wouldn't talk to me. And this one guy in the middle, a real big guy, a turban, robe, he grunted. So I recognized him. And then two weeks later, my wife said, you know, that mosque, they, they, one of the, that guy was arrested, the, the imam was arrested for ties to al-Qaeda. So I went on the thing and I looked, I, I gave that guy a track. <laughs> He's tied in with the people in Miami and they had this big network and then they deported him, but he's back. See, that's the way they do it. I don't know. But you know what? In America, we might knock on his door. In America, a Muslim over here, a Hindu over here. I mean, we got the gospel. Where do they got? Muhammad, no, can't save anybody. Jesus Christ, he's the answer to the world. That separates you, my friend. Not the former lust of your ignorance, the holiness of God working in your life. It burns out the dross. You come before the holiness of God, you're never the same. He changes you. You get up. And by the way, you spend time in prayer. You know, don't just do the little prayer. You should pray every day. But get a time where you just spend time before God. 
and you pour out your heart to God. I'm too busy. Well, cancel the appointment. You got an appointment with God. You get in your closet or I don't know where, and when you get up, you'll be different. I, I don't feel any different. If you spend time with God, you're, you're different. You get in the Bible, it changes you from glory to glory. You read it more, change more. Yeah. There's no such thing as being too heavenly minded and no earthly good. I never met a person like that. It's usually the other way. If you're heavenly minded, you'll be really earthly good to help this world and help your church. That's separation. The gospel separates you from everything else. The holiness of God, the word sanctification we saw, set apart as holy. This is the will of God, even your sanctification. You are set apart as holy. Listen, young people, I don't know what you're seeing in the world. It's a mess. And you, oh, I really like that subculture there. The rap, rap music is the dirtiest, filthiest. I can't get even on that because I'll just, I got too much, I don't have enough time. It's, it's, I drove up the, I parked in Publix. I got my, my wife with me and my little girl. She's 19, but this is my baby, our baby. She, we get out of the car, and I knew it. There's only one parking spot, and the next, and there's smoke coming out of it, and the thing's going, brom, brom, brom. <laughs> and smoke, you know, marijuana. Oh. And I look in, and I'm like, oh. And, and it's music. I don't know. Joshua says it's the sound of war down there. No, it's the sound of, you know, that's music, singing. Well, it's not God's stuff. And, you know, in one minute, all these curse words coming out of that car. I look over and what? My daughter's standing right there. Now, she knows. She knows what that's all. But man, it doesn't, I could have gotten the flesh real easy. But I felt sorry for those guys. And I started walking toward her. My wife jumps in front of me. Like, I'm not going to do anything. They, were, they couldn't take a track. You got to throw it in the... <laughs> you get gold. Everything's gold. Their teeth are gold. Gold in their things. Where did they get all that money from? It's, and you're attracted to that? See, you know, I'm, pulling, I'm trying to pull out of my neighborhood. This guy's standing away across the street. His pants are. And I said, go ahead. And he goes like this. Like. I know he got muscles, but what, what is that? That's cool. Man, that's cool. I stand behind a guy, the steward, he got a foul word on his head. On his back of his, like, hey, buddy. There's little kids in here. And they know how to read. And I pulled his pants up and walked him. That's bad. You're attracted to that? Came from the prison. I worked in the prison. Well, my time's up. But what happens is God's way's better. God's way's good, pure, lovely, of a good report, virtue, praise. The God of peace, if you do these things, the God of peace will be with you. And I'm telling you, the world can't compare. You look at that junk, it's going to drag you down. It's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt your children. It's going to hurt people around you. This is the will of God, even your sanctification. Be separated like Paul unto the gospel of God. Let that be your life work. The gospel worked in your life. You bring it to others. They need it. But if you try to copy them, you're not going to give them the gospel. That's separation. God changes you. And it is so good. God is good. And God always will love you and care about you.
He'll be there when you're taking your last breath. They don't have that. Your home is in heaven. If we think Egypt is good, then we're not going to try to reach Egypt. We've got to see the sin and then reach out to them. Not be like them. Come out from among them. And God says, I will be a father. Separate from the world, but separate unto God. I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord. Last day's work, power of the Holy Spirit. He's given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Let's go for God. Let's pray. Heads are bowed. Thanks for listening to the Baptist Pulpit. 2 Timothy chapter 4 says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. We pray that through the challenging preaching of the word of God today, that you will be encouraged to stay faithful in preaching the word and hearing the word. Lester Roloff many years ago said, the world's greatest need is preaching preachers. Let's pray that in this day and this hour, we will stay faithful to the preaching of Jesus Christ. Thanks again for listening to The Baptist Pulpit.